Dr. Mark Joe on Red Hot Faith. No matter where you come from, no matter what sins you have committed, no matter how deep and lost you may think you are, there is nothing beyond the power of the blood of Jesus to change no matter what life it is by His power. Welcome to the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Job on Moody Presents. Dr. Job serves as president of the Moody Bible Institute. Question for you, would you rate your faith as red hot? I'm John Geiger confessing that my own faith certainly isn't always red hot. So what's the problem? More importantly, what's the solution? Last time on the program, we looked at the importance of fasting and prayer, the first habit in developing a red hot faith. Now, we're going to pick up right there and then explore two more habits that you and I need to develop. Here's Pastor Mark Job on Moody Presents. When you fast and pray and worship, it's God's, sorry for the crudeness, it's God's taking your earwax, your spiritual earwax out of your ears so that you can clearly hear his voice. There's something that happens as we worship and pray and fast that gives us the ability to listen to God in a fresh new way. You see, I believe to maintain our faith red hot, there needs to be ongoing extensive seasons of worship, fasting, and prayer in our life where we hear the voice of God and are given the opportunity to respond to God as well. By the way, can I say this? That's exactly why we have worship before the preaching. Because there's something about worship that causes us to focus on God. The Psalms tells us that God inhabits the praises of his people, that he descends, he lands upon the praises of his people. And when you are worshiping God in spirit and in truth, it's like it prepares your heart, it softens up your soul to receive the word. Hello? Because I know some of you say, well, Pastor, I just, I don't, um, I don't really, I'm not really into the singing part. So I just kind of skip the singing part and go to the message. Whoa, whoa, hold on a second. And some of you think, well, you know, the singing is just to give us time for the latecomers to come until, no, 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 it's not giving you time for the latecomers to come here. That's not what the singing is about. And it's not even just singing. We call it worship. Let me tell you something about that. The worship is there because as we spend time in worship before God, it allows you to focus your spirit on God. It allows you to cleanse some of that voices in your head and aggravation and frustration. It allows you to begin to get your spirit ready so that when God does speak to you and the word is preached or even before the word is preached, as we're worshiping God, that you actually begin to hear the voice of God speaking to your soul and speaking to your heart because you've given him a chance to speak to you. Let me tell you, that's why some people avoid also places like this. Because when you're in a place like this, and the Word of God is preached, and we worship, you hear God more loudly and clearly. Here's what happens. If you're not walking in obedience to God today, church can become uncomfortable for you. Because when you're in church, you start hearing the Word of God, and you start coming under conviction, and conviction doesn't feel good. It makes you feel bad. 
And so oftentimes when we want to walk in disobedience, we avoid people and places and things where the word of God, where the word of God and the voice of God is magnified because if you're sleeping with your boyfriend today and you know you need to let go of it and leave it behind and every time you come to worship and come to church, then suddenly you start feeling a little guilty about it. The word of God starts convicting you about it. Then you want to stay away from places if you don't want to obey. And you say, well, I don't like to go to church. It makes me feel bad. Listen, it's not church making you feel bad. It's the Holy Spirit convicting you about what needs to change in your life. But let me tell you how to feel good. Say, yes, Jesus. I'll stop sleeping with my boyfriend. I'll obey you. And then when you come back, you're going to feel the presence of God and the joy of God because now you're walking in obedience and doing what God is calling you to do. Are you tracking with me? That's the way it works. So, if you're going to keep your faith red hot, you need to have these seasons. And they said they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. And the Holy Spirit spoke to them and said, set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So the Holy Spirit speaks in the context of worshiping and fasting and prayer. And the Holy Spirit says, via someone in, in the church that says, separate Barnabas and Saul, who's also known as Paul, separate them to the work which I have called them. So it was in the context of worship and prayer that Barnabas and Paul understood the clarity of their calling. For the work to which I have called them. You see, sometimes it's in the midst of fasting, prayer, and worship that we begin to get clarity about our calling. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, Speaking of all believers, for we are his workmanship. In others, we're his pottery. Created or formed in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know what that verse is saying? That verse is saying that God has created you and prepared you in advance for a mission to which he has called you to do. You're called. You have a purpose. You have a divine mission that no one else can fulfill but you in life. God has wired you, gifted you, formed you, given you a personality, gifts, talents, passion, and vision to do some things that are uniquely yours. And when you come into the presence of God and begin to listen to his voice and hear his voice, then you are much more ready to, to respond in obedience to what God has called you to do. Second thing, I want you to write it down. The second thing is surrender. You see, it's one thing to hear the voice of God. It's another thing to choose to live in obedience to the voice that we hear. If you're going to keep your faith red hot, you have to spend time in worship, fasting, prayer, listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. And when you hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to you via the Word of God, then you have to be able to surrender in obedience to what God is calling you to do. So it says, And the two of them were sent on their way by the Holy Spirit 
they went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus so that now they are obeying the voice of God upon their lives, what God is telling them to do. Let me tell you this. Partial obedience is disobedience. When you know what God is asking you to do and you don't do it, then you grieve the Holy Spirit in your life. And your faith, that red hot faith, gets a little bit more lukewarm. You see, the way you maintain red hot faith is you stay close to the fire of God. When you're close to the fire of God, that, that fire keeps firing you up. The holiness of God, the goodness of God. When you step away from God because of disobedience, when you step away from God because you want to do your thing, then your own heart starts to get lukewarm. It starts to not have that fire. And so surrender and obedience is necessary to be on mission with Jesus. Here's a question I love to ask myself and some of the young men that I'm mentoring, I encourage them to ask themselves this question. What is God saying to me lately? And what am I doing about it? Oh, you need to write that down because that's worth this whole message. What is God saying to me lately? And what am I doing about it? Think about that for a second. What has God been saying to you lately? And what have you been doing about what God is saying to you? God loves you. A father is trying to train you, speak into your life, help you, conform you to his image. God is taking you to the next level. And so I know if you are open to the spirit of God that he's speaking to you. So what is he saying when he speaks to you? And if he's saying something, what action, what obedience are you taking? What steps are you taking to say, hey, because you're speaking to me, God, I need to be obeying. What is he saying to you? I believe that lukewarmness sets in when we hear the voice of God and choose not to obey. In this passage, Barnabas and Paul, when they heard the voice of God in worship and prayer, their hands were laid on them. They were sent by the Holy Spirit. Anytime you say yes to something in God, you have to say no to something else. They said, yes, I will obey you. They had to say no to staying. So they set out in a faith adventure. And I believe every person that walks by faith and says yes to God, God is going to take you on an adventure. That adventure Mark Job refers to can only be lived well with a red-hot faith. And we've got lots of resources for your Christian growth at moodypublishers.com. Scroll down to explore books and DVDs addressing spiritual development, Bible study, relationships and family, practical living, and current events. Again, visit moodypublishers.com. As we return to today's message, Pastor Mark shares a story I think you're going to enjoy. Here's Pastor Mark Job on Moody Presents. This past trip to Spain, I was invited to speak at, at an unusual place. And I've spoken really, literally, in dozens of countries around the world. But I had an unusual invitation to speak at a Catholic conference. And I was the only 
non-Catholic person in this conference. In fact, the unusual thing about this conference is this conference was for priests and nuns, and two bishops were going to be there, and a vicar was going to be there, and it was all for Catholic leadership in a very Catholic town in the middle of northern Spain. And so the organizer of the event, I said, are you sure about me speaking there? Because I'm really not sure how open they're going to be. No, he said, no, 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 I want you to be there. And let me just give you the, the lead up of how I ended up there. You see, God has his ways of orchestrating events by his purposes. Last summer, uh, our team in Spain put on a 10-day camp for young people, and I happened to be there at that camp, and my son Josiah spoke at that camp, and I translated for him. What I didn't know is that the organizer of this uh, Catholic conference who has a PhD in religion is a teacher at a school, uh, has the endorsement of some bishops there, and is very involved in the Catholic movement in Spain. What I didn't know is that his son, who was in high school, was at that camp. His son had gone through a very tough time in his high school. In fact, he had been bullied so severely, and the bullying escalated he was about 15 or 16, depressed, very isolated, and his parents were incredibly worried about him. They didn't know what to do with him and weren't sure how to get him out, had to take him out of school. And they heard about this camp that we were having, and so uh, they had some friends there. And so in a last-minute ditch effort, they took their young son to this camp. And I remember seeing him, and he was by himself, isolated, head down, looking down. But that night at that camp, Josiah spoke about identity, and I translated. And now in retrospect, I'm thinking that message was just for this boy, speaking right to his heart that this is identity, and God is who gives you identity, and not other people who give you identity, and understanding the love of God. This young man came forward for prayer, and I, I didn't know his story, but I prayed for him, and God, God really put on my heart that he was... There was something dark that had happened to him that God wanted to bring healing to him. And I didn't know his story, but just led by the Spirit, prayed over him. That camp was so powerful in this young man's life that it turned him around. It brought him out of his depression. He went back to school. The organizer of this conference saw in action the power of God. And he told me privately, he said, I know you're not Catholic, I know you're evangelical, but, but this conference needs to hear the message that you have to preach. I said, okay, I'll be there. And so I went and I spoke at this conference and they were all there. It was a little intimidating in the beginning because there was a lot of priests and collars and some of the nuns in their, in their, you know, in their uh, outfits, I forget what they call them, but they're, they're, they're not, their habits, there you go, their habits. And um, I started to preach, and I just said, Lord Jesus, give me power. I'm just going to preach with boldness and just what you put on my heart. And incredibly, there was such a positive response. I could tell they were listening, 
and, and reacting and that God was working in that place. And I felt like I really needed to make sure the gospel was clear as I preached. And so I ended up, they, they had heard about Chicago. They had actually studied what we're doing in Chicago and had heard about it. And one of the organizers told me, I've researched a lot about what your church is doing in Chicago. I said, oh, really? Okay. And um, so we, he wanted me to tell some of the story of what God is doing but also talk to them about what needs to happen in Spain. And, and my last point was this. You need to really understand the message and believe the message of the gospel. And I said, just like in America, it's the same in Spain. Just because you have religion, there's Baptists and Methodists and Assembly of God and Presbyterian and Pentecostal and Catholic. And just because you're religious doesn't mean that you know God. There's a, a lot of religious people that have not experienced a personal encounter with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And I said, I know a lot of you are priests and nuns here, but it doesn't mean that you know Jesus Christ personally. It means that you're religious, but you need to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the same in America. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is clear, and it's not about how good you are or how religious you are. It's about, has Jesus Christ become the Lord of your life? Have you accepted the free gift that brings forgiveness and fullness to your life? not of works that you can do that changes and transforms your life. I felt like I was at a new life service and I gave an altar call. I think the organizer was a little surprised and I gave an altar call. And you know what touched my heart the most, what really warmed my heart? The first person forward was a young priest. He had his... You know, he, he was totally dressed and his, you know, had his collar on and so forth. And he came out of his seat. The very first person came out of his seat and he knelt right at the altar right there. I could tell he was open. I could tell he was. And he got on his knees right there. And about the, the altar was full of people that came forward to pray and say, Jesus, we need an encounter with you. And I tell you what, what, it, what it reminded me of. It reminded me of the fact that God is not limited to settings or boxes. That the Holy Spirit of God can work in any setting. He can work in a cathedral and He can work in a shack in Africa. That God is not bound by brands or denominations or God is looking for people where, God, where the, the truth can be spoken clearly through the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. And God can invade any setting that we allow him to invade if the truth is spoken with love and clearly. Amen? Amen. Leads me to my last point that I'm talking about red-hot faith. If you're going to maintain red-hot faith, there needs to be fasting and prayer, times of worship in your life. If you're going to maintain red-hot red faith, you need to, as God speaks to you, you need to respond in surrender and obedience to live on mission with Jesus, to say, this is not my life, this is your life, Lord, and I will obey and I will respond. I will not harden my heart. I will respond to what you have to say. My last point, it says, they proclaim the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. They were fasting and praying. The Holy Spirit set them aside. 
They obeyed the Holy Spirit as he sent them on mission. And then they understood the message and they proclaimed the message boldly and clearly. Listen to me. You cannot proclaim a message that you do not understand and that you do not believe. Let me say that again. You cannot be a bold proclaimer of a message that you do not understand and a message that you truly do not believe. In order to proclaim the message, you have to understand the message. And not only do you have to understand the message, but you have to believe the message. Not in the theory of the message, but you have to believe the power of the message. The Apostle Paul said when he came to the Corinthians, I didn't come to you with knowledge and philosophy and superior wisdom and strength and power. I came to you in weakness, proclaiming simply the message of the cross. You see, the power of the gospel is not in eloquent words. The power of the gospel is not in philosophy. The power of the gospel is not in an overwhelming, charismatic personality. The power of the gospel is in the simplicity of its message. When faith mixes with the message that's proclaimed in the word of God and we truly believe it, then it has the power to change any life, no matter where you come from, no matter how long you've been there, no matter what sins you have committed, no matter how deep and lost you may think you are, there is nothing beyond the power of the blood of Jesus to change no matter what life it is by his power. Peter got up after the Holy Spirit came upon him and he said, repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Isaiah chapter 64 verse 6 says, all of us has become like one who's unclean. All our righteous acts are as filthy rags. We shrivel up like a leaf and the wind, our sins is swept away. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3 verse 10 and 12 says, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understands, there is none that seeks after God. All have turned away, they have altogether become as worthless. There is no one who does good, no, not even one. Listen, if we are going to maintain a red hot faith, you have to truly understand that the good news is good because it offers hope. But the absence of the good news, there's a lot of bad news. The Bible says there's not one that's righteous, no, not one. The Bible says your good works as filthy rags before him. The Bible clearly lets us know that religion is not the way to God that it's a personal relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, in which we acknowledge that our good works are nothing, that nothing that we do is good enough, that it's only because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross as I surrender to Him and receive His forgiveness, and then the Holy Spirit of God, that Holy Spirit that has all power, comes inside of my being, and from the inside out, the Holy Spirit begins to change me, and convict me, and empower me, and reveal truth to me. So it's God in me, forming Jesus through me, and putting me on mission with God. The Bible calls that being born again, receiving new life, 
transferring out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of life. It is a God transformation that happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you have that, you have started your new life in Christ. If you do not have that, you have not started your new life in Christ, yet that is available to anybody that's willing to come to the cross of Jesus Christ. You have to believe that. It's the essence of the gospel. And let me tell you something. If you really, really believe it, you will not be able to keep it to yourself. If you believe that message, it'll be red hot. You'll be on mission with Jesus, not because you have to, but because you want to. That's what red hot faith does in our life. Pastor Mark Job on Moody Presents. You know, there's no such thing as a red-hot faith unless you've taken that very first step with Christ. Let me ask, have you ever asked Him to forgive you of your selfish living? The Bible word is sin. Have you ever asked Him to be your rescuer, your savior, your forgiver? If you've got questions about what any of that means, talk to a volunteer who would love to talk with you right now at 888-NEED-HIM. That's 888-NEED-HIM. There's no cost or obligation There's nothing to buy, nothing to sell. So take that first step toward a red-hot faith by receiving Jesus right now. Again, call 888-NEED-HIM. Well, in our series so far, we've talked about prayer and fasting, surrender and obedience. Next time, we'll look at how to keep your spirit red-hot. Hey, do us a favor, would you? And tell a friend about Moody Presents. Appreciate you doing that. I'm John Geiger thanking you for listening and inviting you back next time for Mark Job on Moody Presents, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.